Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen. It's Monday, and that means it's time for the Wrestling Inc. WWE Raw Monday Night After Show. And have we got a good one for you. We've got contract signings, sit-down interviews, and a broken arm. But before we get into all that, allow me to introduce the fellas. I'm Jack Farmer. I'm here with Justin Labar and Jimmy Corderas. Jimmy, how you doing today? Doing pretty good. It was a holiday Monday up here in Canada, and I enjoyed it, despite doing some spring cleanup inside the house. We're trying to catch up on that stuff. <laughs> yeah, our holiday is this coming weekend. Uh, Justin, how you how you doing? I'm doing good. Weather is uh, staying warm and consistent, and my Baltimore Orioles baseball team is the number two uh, team in the league right now. So that's a great feeling. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking a little. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get out of Dodge here in a few days. Uh, so I'm doing good. And, uh, you know, I'm seeing Carrie Johnson saying, I sound like in the bottom of a well. I am in a place I don't normally record from. It is the, uh, my house is getting worked on. So I'm in a room that's very echoey. I apologize for that. And I'm getting some loud uh, mic. Now you're too low. Now, yeah, now, little, now I'm too low, right little, there. Right is there, there good? Right there. That, that good? All right. So uh, there you go. Sorry about that. Uh, my ah oh, yes was too powerful. I think I, I messed up the microphone. But in any case, uh, we got a good show. I, I let's let's jump right into it. Let's talk about some news as everyone settles in and as everyone's getting in here. Remember, like, comment, share, subscribe, five star reviews, all that good stuff. Um, AEW is reportedly struggling to sell advance tickets for the upcoming collision dates. According to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio, uh, the Newark, New Jersey show on July 22nd has reportedly moved somewhere around 3,500 tickets with Toronto, Ontario, Canada on June 24th, selling around 1,600 tickets for the show uh, that will take place one day before Forbidden Door 2. And the company is also holding a taping on Thursday, June 29th, with the show reportedly selling less than 600 tickets so far. Not the kind of numbers you'd expect, but Justin, this is, uh, it doesn't surprise me because I don't know what collision is supposed to be. Well, exactly. It's an unknown, it's an unknown act. Um, you know, obviously the big, the big elephant in the room is it was, it's supposed to be anchored around CM Punk. Uh, that's yet to be announced by AEW. Maybe that changes this Wednesday, but as of now, you don't know what you're getting. And quite frankly, uh, if you if you are a fan of AEW, then you pro if you follow AEW, then you probably know. Okay, the other show they have besides Dynamite is this thing Rampage, which you know they probably didn't realize it's not something that you know is must see. So without any matches or talent uh, uh, announced and advertised, and yeah, there that's it's also a weird time for AEW because, like you said, you know we're you know double or nothing will have been over by the time Collision debuts. Forbidden doors right around there, but Forbidden Door obviously a we don't know any matches, and b you're bringing talent from other companies, so you know 
is that a draw? Is that a factor? Are they, are they even on collision leading up to it? We don't know. Um, you know, you're still kind of a little bit of ways away from the Wembley show, which I'm sure as the storylines progress and we start to see what's happening and we're building towards that, you know, that might uptick some ticket sales throughout the summer. But, but yeah, I mean, there's not, you're, you're literally going on the novelty of this is a new show and that's just not enough to move any, you know, look, when they, when they, when they launched, um, uh, Rampage, it was here in Pittsburgh, I believe. Yeah, it was here in Pittsburgh. And they did it to where they they did a little bit of residency that week. They did Dynamite here, and then they turned around and did Rampage. Again, it was the first time Dynamite, it's the first time AEW was expanding. So there so there was high hope that hey, maybe this is another Dynamite. It's kind of like the hope for Rampage here in Pittsburgh when they did it in August of whatever year that was. It was kind of the hope that it is now for Collision, which is, okay, this is going to be another secondary, another Another A show, so to speak. Um, you know, but they did they did it here in Pittsburgh. You know, they 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 put Britt Baker all over because you know she's from here, and you know, so they they don't have that same thing yet. They they are trying to do it, but launching supposedly Chicago if they have Punk, but that's the big if. That's the elephant in the room. So I'm not surprised that they're having a little bit of struggle because what is what reason is there to run out and and, and camp out for tickets? Yeah, and Jimmy, on top of that, the and I agree with Justin everything he just said. It it doubles or triples because they keep saying there's going to be big announcements about it, but then don't say anything. So I can imagine if I was in one of those markets, I'd be like, well, I want to wait until you make the announcement. What is the announcement going to be? And so this is one of those situations where the mystery I think is hurting it more than helping it. No, absolutely. They're past the point now where, where, you know, they're the new kid on the block and people are interested to see how they, you know, uh, we talk about the Wembley show. This is their first venture to the UK, if I'm not mistaken. And that's where the interest is. People have seen the product for a few years now, and now this is their first chance to see it live. So there's something there. Now you've got to give them something to see. The fans here in North America, pretty much all across North America, including up here in Canada, because we're seeing some ticket sales up here in Toronto, not quite where I think they expected it to be. Um, like Justin said, they need to have more on the plate to give the audience. You have to talk them into the building. You have to give them something to see, want to see. And they haven't done that. You can't go on the cachet now that, hey, we're the up and coming kids on the block and you got to come in and see us. What are we going to see? That's what the question is right now. And, and, and to add one more thing, everything Jimmy said, I agree with as well. To add one more thing too, let's keep something in mind. So when when they, again, when they launched Rampage here, they, they, they did it live. And, and and then I think they did it live for that famous one in Chicago, which that's where Punk first made his AEW debut. But otherwise, Rampage, which airs primarily on a late night spot on Friday night, gets taped. So the fans that go to Dynamite on Wednesday get to get 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 to get the Rampage content. They're doing Collision Live, so that means you're asking for people to come out and pay to come out on a Saturday night. A very, you know, that's that you're competing against a lot of things. School's out over the weekend, so you, so for all ages, young into college into adult, you're competing with Saturday night. You know, you get you get you, you get two nights uh, without having to wake up for work. Traditionally, you get Friday night, you get Saturday night. So you're you, you so you're going to these towns competing against, you know, whatever's going on in the bars and concert venues and sporting events in those towns. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another thing is doing live. You know, again, when we all everybody goes back to oh they're back on you know oh it's a Saturday night show we haven't seen a, a live Saturday night show since. Um, you know, WCW did you know, Saturday night on 605. You know, again, that was done on, on a soundstage. And I don't even know if it was all live. I think they taped some chunks of it for periods of years. So, you know, it was done on a soundstage where there was like 100 people. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like they were trying to sell out Saturday night on, uh, you know, a 10,000-person arena. So 
I, I, these are just a lot of things that nobody's really talking about that they're going to have to contend with, being live on a Saturday. Yeah, and that's – you're right. Saturdays are tough. I, I think a lot of people think, oh, to Justin's point, there's I, I can stay out late and I don't have to wake up early tomorrow, but that means everything is there. I mean, new movies are out. There's, of course, sports. There's TV. There's being with the family. There's a lot of things you're competing with that aren't even TV necessarily. And uh, I think this is where things like dark and elevation may have hurt them is if they never had those things, you could say, hey, but it's it's more of this product you love. But we've already been given so many hours of this product that we love that it doesn't feel special to get more of this product that we love. You know, they've mm-hmm. they've sort of beaten us over the head with um, the amount of matches and shows and stuff that it doesn't it, it doesn't feel quite as special to add more time. So they're going to need to do something to make this feel different as opposed to just another wrestling show. Yes, and and one more thing about this, uh, you know, there's talk, is there rumors out there, is this going to be similar to a brand split where, you know, Collision is going to have its own dedicated roster versus, you know, Dynamite having their own dedicated roster. The big trap here is if they do something like that, this isn't about, hey, we're going to do a hard, you know, divide of the roster, you know, where people stay on their own brand. I hope they don't do that, but if they do it, don't do it because we want to prove we can do it right and the other guys didn't do it right. They don't listen to their own, you know, edict about talent staying on their specific brands. Just concentrate on telling stories, giving guys TV time that need the and girls TV time that need the TV time that haven't been getting it on Wednesday nights. That's what it's about. Telling some stories. Now that you have more time, you don't have to rush everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we talk about stories and shows and things like that. Uh, some, some interesting news, some, some bad news and some good news uh, came out of New Japan uh, this weekend. New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Tournament winner was changed on the fly after Mercedes uh, had an injury. Uh, the winner of last night's New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong Women's Championship Tournament Finals match at Resurgence uh, between Mercedes and Willow Nightingale was reportedly changed on the fly. Dave Meltzer indicated on Wrestling Observer Radio that Mercedes was supposed to win the tourney and become the inaugural title holder. PWI's Mike Johnson also claimed that uh, and was due that she was due to win, and that an audible was called uh, audible was called not audible uh, was called uh, during the title match. Uh, the CEO allegedly broke her ankle during the historic encounter, and uh, she was visibly struggling. And Nightingale ended up getting the win. So I say bad news. Obviously, injuries are always terrible. But congratulations to Willow for getting the win. And I believe, I could be mistaken on this, but I believe I saw somewhere as the first ever women's main event for a New Japan Pro Wrestling show. So that, mm. if that is the case, and I'm not 100% sure it is, but if it's true, very cool that that happened as well. Jimmy, have you ever been in the ring when, it, when a change was made mid-match? Um. Well, I've been in, uh, you know, trying to think of stuff specifically. The one that always comes to mind to me was something that wasn't changed because of injury or something like that. It was a tag team match between the APA and, um, oh, my goodness. uh, Public Enemy. Public Enemy, the old ECW, Mm -hmm. uh, where um, I went to the ring. It was a table. They were going to put one of the Public Enemy guys through the table. That's what I was told. That's the finish. Here we go. I go to the ring. 
here comes public enemy to the ring. But apparently what happened was one of the public enemies turned to uh, JBL and said, uh, oh, by the way, we're not doing the table spot. And then just their music hit and they went to the ring and left them standing there. And, you know, Ron said, Ron apparently said to, J to, to John, what did he say? He said, they're not doing the table spot. Oh, they ain't. And here they come. And it just turned into a melee. And I, w I was at a loss because the finish was supposed to be going through the table, call for the bell, you know, that sort of thing. And it just turned into a mugging. If anybody remembers it, it was a nasty beating and public enemy took a one hell of a ride. And eventually it was like in my ear and uh, you may want to ring the bell and call this at any time now. And I did, I rang the bell, but it didn't stop anything. They just kept going, but uh, that's the one that comes to mind. But uh, I, I believe if I'm not mistaken in, in this particular situation on uh, in, in was it Long Beach, right? Yeah. The, there was a pinfall attempt at the, at where, where uh, Monet did not kick out, but the referee didn't count three. Well, you know, that is That's, a. I have a follow up question for you, Jimmy. In that yeah. case, if the wrestler doesn't kick out, do you count three? Even if that's not what the what was supposed to happen, it's on the it's on the wrestler to kick out. Yes. And uh, we've been told, especially in, in a blatant situation like that, we were told back in the day that if they don't kick out, that's on them, not on you. And of course, the referee being, uh, for lack of a better term, lower on the totem pole, let's put it that way, will get all kinds of heat for it, probably. You know, hey, I kicked out. No, you didn't. Uh, I had the count. I was in no position. But uh, you would get praised by the office. Let's put it that way. And Jimmy. Do you remember where that famous match was? Um, hey, that wasn't your neck of the woods, wasn't it? I, well, I didn't live here in Pittsburgh at the time, but yes, that was Pittsburgh. That was yeah, the uh, yeah. that was the igloo. Yes. Wow. Great memory. Yeah. Well, for you, maybe not for a public enemy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know what the funny part was? I'm like thinking, oh, oh no, when they get to the back, I thought, what's going to happen? So public, uh, so APA's waiting there. Public enemy comes to the back. They shake their hands. They say, thank you. Like they do like after every minute and they walked out and weren't seen again. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, um, so, uh, Justin, any, any thoughts on, on that? I mean, injuries happening. It's, it's always unfortunate. I always try to look at the bright side. I think that this has got to be a incredible moment for Willow Nightingale winning that match, becoming a champion, getting a win over Mercedes. Uh, maybe not the way it was originally planned, but I mean, it's still a big night for her uh, and congratulations to her one way or the other, but any just thoughts on, on that situation? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're positive Ali there. It's great for Will and Nightingale, <laughs> but I mean, who, who's a bigger investment from New Japan of, of what they just made her or, or what they've, whatever their deal was with Mercedes. So, you know, I mean, I'm glad that they were able to successfully call an audible and, and get a finish that they can live with given the situation now um, versus, you know, Mercedes limping through to win only then to have to vacate it, you know, whatever, like a, you know, a day later when everybody realizes what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, there's a, I, I, this one's really been sitting with me. I don't, I mean, obviously she's, she's got a lot of things in her brand going on. She's not just pro wrestling. You know, she's, she does, you know, appearances at the, at the, at the cons and you know, she, I know she's dabbled in Hollywood and 
uh, I think music and other, so I mean, you know, obviously she's still got stuff to do and and, and elevate her brand, but <clears throat> you know, the big to do was when is she going to resurface in the pro wrestling world? And she does, she did, and and now that's now that's going to be on hold for you know months now. Um, I don't know, I, I, and I actually I didn't, I have yet to, I, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't know if the injury is just just bad luck, bad timing in terms of like bad. When I mean bad luck, bad bad timing, and in, in, in the when it happened in the match and the sequence. I don't know if this if some people subscribe to the theory of it's ring rust. You know how how much has she been in the ring in the last year? How much training in a ring has she done on her downtime? You know she's a veteran, and I, so I don't know. I don't know how, what 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 if that's still part of her gym regimen. I, I don't know. So there's a lot of things that I'm really swirling around with, but um, I, it's it's unfortunate. Yeah, it really is. Did we? Did they say what actually happened? I don't think I actually saw what it was. Is it a broken ankle or something? I believe it is a broken ankle. An ankle. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think last I saw is they thought that's what it was, but I didn't see an actual confirmation. So that's yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, get well soon. Yes, obviously. Um, let's get into this episode of Raw. Though. Let's talk about some <laughs> WWE wrestling, some Monday Night Raw. Before we do, though, as always, I'd like to give a shout out to the folks in the chat: Mark Smith, Tut Graf, Ricky Zaldivar, Dylan Matthews, Justine showing up, Huffman Elite Training. Uh, I feel like I haven't seen you in the past few episodes, Huffman. Good to see you. Nelly Belly 420, Deadpool Party. I haven't seen you in a while. Good to see you back here. Adam Staples and stalking you with the dog emoji every time. Good to see you, Justin Check and uh, everyone else. Thank you guys so much for coming through. Always appreciate you guys coming through. Uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, so all that good stuff, share it with your friends, five-star review. Don't be the person that listens to this show for 20 years and then leaves a one-star review because I have an echoey room one time, folks. Give us a five-star review. Uh, let's start the show. This one's all over the place, so we're going to jump around a little bit, but we should be able to keep things in order fairly simply. Oh, I, sh- I will say, too, we got a... Um, uh, Super chat, Mia Lee. Uh, Maya Lee, I mean, uh, we will get to yours when we talk about that uh, tag team match. Uh, so make sure that make sure that uh, you stick around because we will get to that. Uh, we start the show. Uh, I'm going to start here with just a quick segment. Paul Heyman saying he had nothing to do with Brock Lesnar's attacking Cody. Uh, says that it'll probably happen again at Night of Champions. And Roman and Solo will be the tag champs also. In a lot of ways, I don't really understand why Paul Heyman was booked tonight, but he kind of sold the show, uh, the, the the PLE for later in the week. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Paul Heyman and, and his moment here, but also just for funsies, because we won't get to talk about Paul Heyman much uh, once this brand split solidifies. Justin, who's the next person to challenge for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship? Oof. So who's next up for Roman? That, uh, that's that's a great question. Um, you know, obviously it appears it's going to have to be somebody on the Friday brand, right? Because that's 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 the whole reason, right, of this new world title is to be for Raw. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, so what do we have? We have Money in the Bank coming up, and then after that, it's SummerSlam. So I, you know, it's hard because I because I, I think the big the you know the big the big thing dangling there is like you know when does I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say it's probably something that I Cody still is gonna be forever lingering out there. I know we're gonna talk about a lot of Cody, but I, I just I can't see them going back to it that quickly. So I'm gonna say I think where the money's at and where the stories are at, it's somebody from the bloodline. Interesting. Whether whether it's Solo or one of the Usos, I think 
I'm I'm trying to go through the new SmackDown roster quickly as I'm live here thinking we're live. I mean, yeah, we got but, Lashley and Santos are two people. Baby Ice. Yeah, but I, I mean maybe for well, okay. Let me put this way. Maybe if they if they want to have Roman, it, I mean, Money in the Bank's a hell of a draw. If they want to have Roman in a singles title match for Money in the Bank, maybe something like that. Something that again, you know, you build around, but it's 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 like it's an obvious Roman's retaining. Mm-hmm. But I guess I'm fast forwarding to the next big one, which would then be SummerSlam. Again, I think where the story is at, I think the money in the story is at somebody in the bloodline. I, but and it could be anybody. It could be Solo if Solo was to all of a sudden not be the the fierce protector for Roman, and it could be either Uso. It could be both Usos. It could be all three. <laughs> Maybe Roman finds himself in a fatal four with his entire family. I mean, I think that the story is so rich, it could get to that point. You know, we could just do an elimination chamber, all uh, bloodline members. Uh, wow. there's, a, there's a couple of them still on the indies that could pull up to fill in the other two. Um, but uh, any any thoughts on Paul Heyman, uh, Jimmy? Again, this was kind of a its own segment here. But uh, any just thoughts on it? I didn't really a lot didn't happen, but you know, I always like to get your opinion. No, it's just uh, it, Paul Heyman is a great seller of storylines and stuff like that. And people, he's a great promo, you, you know, people, he gets people's attention and it's nice. He made things feel important. You know, that whole, you know, starting it off. Well, first thing I'd like to tell you is I had nothing to do with that. Now it plants a seed in everybody's mind. Hey, why would he even mention that? So now people are thinking, Ooh, has he still got some contact with Brock Lesnar because there was a history there. And then as far as going into the other stuff that, uh, with the, uh, match coming up at the night of champions, the tag team match, and you're going to have new tag team champions and the whole bit. He's just a great seller of the product. He's great at, you know, getting people interested and motivated, you know, and having KO and, and Sammy come out and him disappearing and not showing how he, <laughs> where he left. It just, it, just, it just worked. It worked. And it was also good to have him. Cause remember the, as Jimmy said, he's a great, great pipe man. So this is your last live chance to promote the PLE because Friday SmackDown's already been taped. So this is like your last live chance and Paul Heyman's wonderful to go out there and just give the most current and updated uh, pitch. <laughs> he is the best salesman. I, cause you say selling the show, not in like the pro wrestling sense, but just in the general, like you're selling tickets and buys. I mean, he could, I would say he could sell me on a phone book, just like reading it. I'd be like, Oh dang, I got to get this phone book today. I, I could Google numbers, but this phone book sounds incredible. Um, Speaking of Brock, though, and you're right, Jimmy, I like that you're talking about how maybe maybe there is something there with Paul and Brock. Uh, but Brock, he was just a beast today. As usual, we started the start of the show with Brock just beating the snot out of Cody Rhodes and hitting his arm with a keg. Uh, then later, Brock says if Cody can't make it tonight at Champions, he'll issue an open challenge. Cody comes out anyways in a sling, and his arm gets torqued even more by Brock Lesnar. We don't know how bad the damage is, but Pierce is saying it's, quote, mangled later on. Uh, and we end the show, and I thought, wait, I thought it really caught me off guard. I was kind of checking out before we get this backstage segment, which really pulled me in. Triple H makes his return to TV, and he tries to talk Cody Rhodes out of it and say, look, man, you're hurt. You don't have to prove you're tough. And Cody says, what would you do? What have you done? And Triple H just nods and accepts it. Jimmy, this was the thread throughout the whole show, mm-hmm. and I am spellbound. You know, we could talk about how WrestleMania was supposed to end or whatever, mm-hmm. how Brock versus Cody started, whatever. 
but I'm hooked on this story right now. They've done it for me. I, I don't. I can't. I can't answer for everything that happened before, but I am very eager to see what happens at Night of Champions with Cody Rose and Brock Lesnar. What say you? No, I am as well. It's very interesting that they chose. Uh, yes, it was a thread throughout the entire show, but I was uh, very, a little, little bit surprised. There he is. Hmm? Oh, you froze for a second, Jimmy. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just a little surprised that this ended ended the show. It's just because th- there's so much being made of the tag team match, and I thought with you know with Sami Zayn and stuff like that ending the show the way they did uh, with this showing how important this is this story is and now it's putting a question in your mind is this match going to end the pay-per-view what is it you know what you got the the world heavyweight championship match which we'll talk about later you've got the tag team match tag team title match coming up but this you know seems seems to be on everybody's the tip of everybody's tongue and curiosity factor and in in their brain so i think they did a really good job of getting people interested now you're questioning, you know, people are thinking, well, Cody's going to end up going over to, to tell the story of this, you know, overcoming hard times. But now they have an out and could, you know, extend the story even further and extend his rivalry with with uh, Brock even further. This could uh, end up, let's say it ends up at, uh, you know, SummerSlam where they have one more match and. In this match, if Cody does not defeat Brock Lesnar, he has to retire or something along those lines. And that's overcoming the hard times or something along those lines. I will say if Cody doesn't take off his jacket at Night of Champions and have just a totally purple arm, I'm I'm not I'm out. I'm not interested anymore. I gotta see purple now, Cody. It'll be wrapped. (laughs) It'll Uh, be wrapped. Uh, Justin, I want your thoughts on this. And also a few comments that came through here on the chat I want to throw at you here. Um I lost him here in the chat. Oh, baby ice. Uh, Brock broke Cody's arm the way the horseman broke Dusty's arm. Interesting uh, call. And then uh, JT098 says, we're getting Triple H versus Cody for the throne at SummerSlam. Uh, I would love your thoughts on this story they're telling and then also those comments. Well, to those comments, uh, yeah, a good call back to history. And uh, look, if, uh, if Triple H did not have the medical scares that he did, uh, a year and a half, two years ago, uh, absolutely, you would probably get a Triple H versus Cody match at some point at a major PLE. But uh, I think, you know, truly, we're not going to be seeing Triple H doing any bumping um, anytime soon. But, you know, but I, look, Jimmy's right. He gives him an out. This was a great. This is a story weaving. You know, weave through the whole night. You know, just more of the mountain to climb for Cody. Um. But but not being a whiny baby face, not being a whiny white bread baby face. He's getting he's getting testy with everybody. I don't want your damn medical help. He's pushing people around. So yeah, he's got to show that fire. He, he, we can't. So I thought that was good. Um, and it does give them an out because, I mean, he could beat Brock, and it's this miraculous win, right? Another win against against Brock against all odds. They could do a no. It's a triple main event, so depending on where they put it on the card, it could not have a finish. He he could be in a submission and just do the pass out thing, and and or you know some kind of or some kind of a please stay down, please stay down, and 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 the ref calls it because of it's of discretion. So maybe Brock wins in the record books, but you know Cody did not get pinned or actually submit, so you protect him, and yet we got to have another match, the rubber match, um, or Brock does beat him. Cody finally just breaks 
but it's like look at him. The guy's arms, you know, fall. You know, so they they really did give themselves some options here. Uh, and then look, the usage of Triple H, uh, Triple H uh, since being in his position, um, other than to come out and actually just make some, you know, rah rah, we are WWE. Uh, he's not really inserted himself in storylines or anything. So this was a rare but significant use to have him, who who everybody kind of sub. So, you know, everybody knows subplot here. He is the real boss. So there's that gravitas there. The same way when you would see Vince in a storyline, it gave gravitas because you know he actually is the boss. Uh, so there's that subtext there. But then there's also the fact that he is a Hall of Famer. He is a guy who's come back from quad tears and all the crazy things he's done. So there is a credibility there of the guy in the suit. And so there's a certain thing there of him talking. Look, Cody, I've been down that road. Don't make the same mistakes as me. Just, 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 just live to fight another day. You want to, you want to lose your career, and that's that's all believable. I mean, and no disrespect, because I know that he also was an in-ring performer. This would have not had as much weight to it if if stand-in authority figure Adam Pierce comes in and does this. And again, I know Adam Pierce had a wrestling career, and I'm not trying to knock his, but mm-hmm. Triple H obviously was far more accomplished and far more on the global stage. So it has the gravitas that Triple H is doing this. I thought it was well done tonight. I thought I thought everything they hit with the Cody and Brock stuff uh, really hit a mark. I'm so glad you mentioned the Vince McMahon thing because I was kind of thinking that myself. I mean, Vince is a different animal as well. So I'm not saying it's the exact same, but you're right. When he came out, I, there was this moment like, ooh, this got real. This is a very serious thing. And uh, it, it, I think you're right, obviously, because of who he is and his position in the company, but also even on character, people bully Adam Pierce all the time. No one bullies Triple H when he says something. So uh, I think even in the, the world of TV, Triple H means a lot more. And so very cool to add it. Just one of those little special things you, you throw in there that makes this seem so much bigger. And a perfect example of sometimes if you don't have someone on TV all the time, it makes it so much better when they are on TV. Uh, and it provi- again, yeah. it provides them an option uh, Saturday to where who knows what happens. Who knows what, again, all the scenarios I just threw out there, the drama of what this match gets to of and the whole stay down. Maybe Triple H again comes out with Frozen the headset around. And he's and he's like, just stay down. This is done. Like, you know, again, comes out, you know, like you know, Jimmy throws a towel. I mean, so now the fact that they ended tonight with Triple H being the final try to be the final word of reason with Cody, that could be a, a, a significant uh, foreshadowing to what they try to do Saturday. Yeah, that's I'm super excited for that one. Uh, we got another matchup that I thought was a fun one. Uh, Ricochet versus Bronson Reed. I thought it was a great story within the match that they told. Uh, Ricochet just seemed like a rapid fire wrestler bouncing around hitting all sorts of offense, but Reed just sort of being unstoppable and absorbing it and hitting his, these big moves ends with Reed getting the win. Uh, Justin, uh, we, we've been, I feel like I have been too, but you definitely have been on the, the Bronson Reed bandwagon for some time now. Where do you want to see Reed's next like real rivalry come up? Like who do you want it to be? What do you what do you think? And what's next for it? I don't have a person. I like these little you know short things of just you know a week or two. Him just you know, getting getting out there having matches. I I, I think God he's got to be an obvious one to qualify for Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I'm not saying he needs to win Money in the Bank. It might still be early for that. I think he could. I think he could still use a year just getting a loop around the, the shows and getting getting some more work. But you know I think and and they they've done some vignettes. We need more of his personality, more of his background, but. Uh, 
Nah, I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a, look, I, I'm a big fan of the airport tests and size and things you can't teach. And then I'm even more impressed when there's size and things you can't teach. And they do things that people of their size aren't supposed to do <laughs> and move around like him. I mean, if, if, if this guy, if, if this was 1995, 1996 WWF, this guy'd be managed by Jim Cornette and he'd be in the main event of every house show against Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and he'd kill it every single night. Uh, he's just got that. He's got a bit of an old school flair to him um, that I just love. I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah. I love too how he just drags people over to that corner he likes to use to hit the tsunami with, so mm-hmm. it looks good on camera. He doesn't. He he's not even subtle. He just grabs them by their arm and drags them where he wants them and hits the move. Right. I love it. It's just so like ah, I'm going to hit my move and I'm going to hit you right here with it. Right. By the way, it, it makes him look that much more dominant. Yeah, it's not like he's just seeing like, oh shoot, I have an opportunity. He's like, no, no, you're gonna, I'm gonna drag you over here. I'm gonna hit my move, uh, Jimmy. Where's Braun Strowman? And, and that's the question: is is he possibly next on on the list for someone like a Bronson Reed? And there's a you you look at two big guys like that going at it, and if you want to elevate Bronson Reed, like you said, Justin said, maybe you know in a match to qualify for Money in the Bank. There's another type of match you could, sorry, to, to, it sounds like I'm getting off topic here, but, I, yeah. you know, there's there's where you can have those two clash and kind of mm-hmm. eliminate each other from the match. Or it's, it's it's an out for both of them because you, you would think that they would both dominate in a Money in the Bank match with whoever they're in the ring with. But uh, it's got to be next on the list to him to uh, kind of avenge his tag team partner so to speak. And can you imagine if, if uh, Bronson Reed does manage to squeak out a win of some sort versus someone like a, a Braun Strowman? And I know people say, but come on, they're going to, you know, set Braun Strowman back. How much more can you set him back? He's, he's in a tag team right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, so maybe, maybe that would be something to elevate him to, uh, you know, another level. And, you know, people talk about people getting set back or whatever. I always say half the people got to lose every episode, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can maybe work around it, but, like, you know, do right. some things. But at the end of the day, half the people got to take an L. So, But that's the wonderful thing about pro wrestling. Yeah, like in, like in, in actual sports, yeah, you're right. Half the teams playing tonight are going to lose. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But in pro wrestling, that's a beautiful thing. You could have, let's say you have six matches on the card. <clears throat> So that means, okay, that, that six six people or six teams are going to have to lose tonight. But here's the thing. If you book things right improperly and, and, and within context and all the things, 12 people can still have walked out of the night elevated or, or, or as Jimmy likes to say, gotten over without going over. You Just because you lost doesn't mean that you lost. That's the beautiful thing with pro wrestling is that it doesn't mean that half the locker room is walking out sour-faced because they didn't win. Sometimes you can do more good for your career not having won that match. I mean, that, that's the beautiful thing about pro wrestling, and it's why it's so important to do it right and to book it right. Mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I mean, Stone Cold lost that match with Bret Hart, and that seemed to work out just fine for the fella. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler Manning, by the way, says, just got home from the show. Uh, let us know who was the who, who got the biggest reactions overall. Who were the, the standouts to you actually mm-hmm. in the arena? I uh, would love to know that. Um, 
we got a series of videos of Seth Rollins. Uh, we continue the sit-down interview with Rollins. He says that he loves Roman Reigns, but he doesn't like Roman Reigns, which is a great line. Then says that Reigns is taking opportunities from everyone and continues to say that he wants to be a champ so that we can forget about Reigns and finally say it's a chance to make something really special. Um, Justin, is this... To me, watching this, this very much sounded like a play to eventually get to a title versus title, Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns kind of underlying story here. Is that what we're getting? Or you're, you're shaking your head no? God, I hope not. We just went through all the damn, all the effort to split everything. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I think... I mean, I, I, you know, look. First off, it's it's hard it's hard to do a sit down interview and do like this retrospective of Seth's career and not mention Roman Reigns, given the how closely they are linked with the Shield and their debuts. Uh, and also, you're introducing a new world title. You're trying to tell people that's of equal status and and stature as the other world champion in Roman. So, I mean, I, I just think I think that's all just stuff relevant to, to mention. It, it would you it would it would, look, it would look foolish if Roman wasn't brought up or the title wasn't brought up. Um. I like the fact they, you know, look, I, I like the attempt that they try to break this up in as many parts they did and try to occupy as much TV time as they did and try to tell stories of of uh, Seth Rollins' background. All that's good because we're all, I think, always in favor of the vignettes and the stories and back backgrounds. I think it has to do because Seth's filming something right now, so the timing is what it is. But it's, I'm going to be honest, I don't think that it's the greatest that in the two the last two Raws that lead up to what's supposed to be this really big deal of a crowning of a new world champion that Seth's not there live. When he is such a, a, a magnet, he's such a magnet performer to have the live crowd there singing his song and he gets the loudest pops of the night and you don't have that. That's a bit, I mean, that is certainly deflated what was already a questionable <laughs> world hmm. championship crowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta be honest, it really, and again, I know if they're trying to do, if they're trying to do right by this guy, who's one of their top guys and he's got this, he's got a Hollywood project, you know, you want to let him do the thing. You, you got to try to keep the, keep the people happy, keep the locker room happy, uh, keep your stars happy, but it's just not a good, it's just not a good feel that, that he's just not there. It just doesn't feel the same. So, yeah. um, we get, real quick, uh, Tyler Manning uh, said, Cody Rhodes, Becky Lynch, and Sami Zayn got the biggest pops, I'd say, to answer your question. Thanks for the shout-out, by the way. Dom got big heat. Finn got a big pop as well. So, mm. always Tyler, Tyler, did Bruce Boudreaux, did the, did the NHL coach who was sitting front row, get, a, get any uh, love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, From anyone other than Justin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jimmy, this was as we as we go through this segment and as we mm-hmm. wait for Tyler's response here. Um, this kind of painted a picture for me, and and maybe this is to what Justin was saying, but it kind of painted a picture to me that like things have just been horrible since Roman Reigns won the title. And I guess I get that if you're a wrestler um, in this show, but at the same time, if you want to be the best, isn't that the idea? You got to beat him for it. I get it. I don't know. I, I felt like I left feeling like I should be so bummed out that Roman Reigns is the champion and that it's been terrible times for the WWE the past two years. Yeah, that, but that was, I think, the intent to make it feel like Roman Reigns is such a heel and and he's he's uh, holding the championships hostage, so to speak. I think that was the intent by by these uh, sit down uh, interviews with with Seth Rollins. But at the same time, 
I, I, I very much like Justin said, appreciate the attempt for him to make this title feel so important than, and, and saying that Roman Reigns is, is, is not, you know, your prototypical champion. He's, he's, you know, hiding behind the titles, so to speak. But uh, again, it, I agree with Justin not having him there and not having the audience react because there were times tonight where this audience was a little quiet, but this would have been a perfect opportunity because Seth is one of those guys that generates a response wherever he goes. And that would have helped even more to make this feel that much more important. He again, hats off for them trying to, to make it feel like it's important, but at the same time, it just, it's not there. It is. I love Seth Rollins, and I'm just kind of being a jerk right here. But it is kind of a funny. He's like, listen, I'm going to be that guy who's always here. I'm going to be that guy that's here week in and week out doing this thing as your champion. Cool. Can you help promote the show? Oh, no, I'm doing a movie. Can't be there. Can we be recording something? <laughs> <laughs> Too busy. Can't make it. <laughs> sorry, uh, pal. Sorry, pal. But I'll be that guy. I'll always be there. You'll never have to count me out. But I'm too busy. Can't make it this time. Next time. <laughs> but um, uh, Tyler Manning, by the way, saying he's a, a big fan of, of yours, uh, Justin, a big fan of your guy, Spencer. That's awesome. Good to hear. Um, so uh, we, we go to Zoe Stark and Candace LeRae. We get a video package of Zoe Stark saying that she's going to tear everyone apart. And lo and behold, she does. She gets a pretty quick convincing win over Candace LeRae. And Jimmy, to follow up with you real quick here, I love the fact that it was so simple. They did a vignette of her saying, I'm going to beat everyone up. And then she came out and she beat someone up. If I'm new to Zoe Stark, I get it. I get it too. But I, I wish they didn't have to add that little extra tidbit with Nikki coming out and making things look like uh, maybe Zoe might have, there was an opportunity for her to lose this match if it wasn't for Nikki, you know, kind of messing things up for Candice. Let her come out, be dominant, give Candice her comeback, but still just beat her without mm -hmm. the shenanigans. I think the shenanigans with Nikki was unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, Justin, any takeaways on this one? And part two to the question, does Rhea Ripley being on the same brand put a ceiling on Zoe Stark? Uh I, that's an interesting way to word it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, it depends. Yes, but it also is. Look, if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a female competing in the on the on Raw, um, I want to work to get TV time and I want to thrive to get myself to have a title match with Rhea because of how hot she is. Uh, and again, you might you might know. Eh, I'm not in a position yet where I'm going to be beating Rhea. But as I said earlier, you could have a match with Rhea, you could lose, but you might come out of it still with your stock higher. So yeah, there might be a ceiling in the sense of okay, look, I know the office isn't taking. Oh, we all hear the scuttlebutt. Office isn't taking the title off her until next year's Mania at the early, you know, whatever. But it still doesn't mean you don't want to thrive to get in the picture with her. And then you get in the picture with her, and if you can if you can hold your you know you hold your own and the crowd reacts a certain way, who knows. Um, I like the vignettes. I again, I like story, um, but but I have to be honest. In general, I, I thought the crowd was just kind of eh at this. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's just mm -hmm. again, it's just kind of unknown. So that's tough for those ladies when you go out there if you're not getting much reaction. But I like what they're trying to do here with Zoe. But yeah, this was a uh, unfortunately that this was and there was another woman segment later too. This was just kind of meh in terms of how it came across to the audience. 
I think from the audience standpoint, it's pretty tough because Zoe's still new, so you're still figuring out who she is. And Candace, she's been around for a little bit, but she hasn't really had a chance to find a footing to let us know who she is um, in a lot of ways, too. So it's kind of a tough spot for the the crowd to be in. But you make a good point, Justin. You've made me uh, happy about the idea of Rhea Ripley and Zoe Stark on the same page because I guess I could look back and say all the guys that were on the same roster as John Cena were probably pretty happy they got to have <laughs> feuds with John Cena uh, over the years. I- I'm sure Edge doesn't go, shucks. I had to to be on the same show as John Cena. I'm sure he's pretty, I I think he's okay with it looking back. (laughs) Ironically, I think, I think Randy Orton back in the day, but I think Randy also would admit that he was in a less mature place. I think Randy at times, uh, tried to avoid being on the same show as triple H after they broke from evolution. But again, as I said, I think, I think Randy would even admit he was in a, maybe a, you know, not not the most uh, mature Mm -hmm. point of view. Um, right. You know, (laughs) <laughs> uh so we what reference had, did i make a little mermaid reference what did, I, did i say something little mermaid blue sunshine studios you're gonna need to uh clarify what which mm-hmm. little mermaid reference maybe, i mean my kid my kid my kids do watch it so it's very possible that it just subconsciously slipped something came out but i don't <laughs> even know what did i say <laughs> i think you said something about wanting to be part of her world or something like that <laughs> 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 It's a dingle uh, hopper. It's a dingle hopper. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every Every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we we had a very short little segment here. I just wanted to touch on uh, Ollie. He's getting interviewed, and he. If, I, I was kind of bummed out about this segment. He he came out and he was taking what felt like a serious approach. He's saying, "Look, I know the the positive Ollie thing, whatever, but this is really important to me." And just, it got cut off and sort of put down and put in his place and and sort of buried by Brock Lesnar. And it was a little. Jimmy, I got a little chuckle out of it for sure. I'm not going to pretend like I'm above that. But at the same point, I was a little disappointed that it felt like he was going to become a true, like a, a, a serious contender. And they just kind of stepped on him. Well, you know, Brock is a, a different animal. He's a beast. And, and if you're trying to put him over as much as you are, uh, I didn't have a problem with this as much as you did. I figured, you know, uh, he's. You know, positive Ali, I, I guess, is going to be unfortunately fodder for Gunther. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way. Um, at least that's the way I'm anticipating seeing it. Uh, uh, hopefully, they prove me wrong, but I, I don't see him getting very much offense in. Let's put it that way. And if he does, I, I don't see Gunther selling it very much. 
I guess, and that's my problem, Justin, I think, is I, I thought with this promo we were going to get a more feisty Ali that was going to put up a little bit more of a fight. I didn't think he was going to win, but I thought we were going to get more of a, a feisty one, where now I feel like, yeah, he's, it looks like he's just going to get squashed. Yeah, you know, and but look, uh, it, it's all about doing business. Mm -hmm. And if in business the grand picture is we got a guy in Gunther who's the longest-running champion in, the, in this century, and, and he's hot, um, you know, if better business might be that he, he you know, he, he takes care of, he, he, he takes care of his opponent in three minutes time and keeps on rolling. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, who knows, but maybe Ali comes out there and, you know, gets, you know, maybe it's a match that they say, look, we're only giving you guys eight minutes, but six of it is Gunther's on top, but there's that two minutes where Ali just shines house of fire really tries to give it his best, but the Gunther's just too much. I mean, you know, there's, there's ways to orchestrate it depending on what the time they give it is. But yeah, there was a certain irony of, of Ali's cutting this promo of nobody believes I'm going to beat Gunther and and I'm tired of failure and failure and failure. And then Brock just bulldozes his way through and tells him to get a life kid like he's some kind of high school guidance counselor. So <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, well, we'll see. I we'll see how it plays out. But um, a lot of people in the chat saying that they're here for uh, baby. I say I'm here for a Gunther squash and. Uh, Dylan's saying nobody should beat Gunther. Uh, Bernie pitching the idea of Matt Riddle versus Gunther. It's been long enough. We can call him Gunther yeah. now. Come on. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, I think Gunther's going to win, but and I'm happy with I that. So. I just, yeah. um, we got the Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders, and we got We Want Otis Chance, uh, and Alpha Academy eventually gets to win. Tyler did. Were those real chants? Were they? Was he really over? Was he getting those chants as loud as he was? Because you didn't mention his name, but I was like, man, this crowd is behind Otis today. Uh, in fact, Justin, I was going to say, heavy machinery, Otis, standout. Man, with Mandy Rose, Otis, Otis was a standout. Alpha Academy is bad guys. Otis is the standout. Now, o Otis, they're good guys with Maxine Dupree, and, and Otis is still the standout. Like, what is, what is Otis's ceiling? I mean, I feel like every position you put him in, he just wins the crowd over. Well, he's got a, he, he has a charisma. He he does. He has a. It's funny because I know he's from Wisconsin, and I know that he was a fan of this person. I'm pretty sure I know this to be true. Uh, and that is Chris Farley, and that's the comparisons he get. Is he's obviously he's the big guy. He's the mm. I don't like to use the word, but I'll whatever. He's the fat guy. He's the funny comedic fat guy who's put in these Chippendale situations that, that he, why is he in them, but he excels at them. Uh, and this is, this is, it's a, look, it's a, it's an entertainment business. It's charisma. And I mean, he can still do things in the ring. It's not like he's fee fi fo fum, you know, dumb in the ring. He's, I mean, he does the worm or the caterpillar, whatever the hell he calls it. And he's athletic. Um, you know, is he, is, is he ever going to be the world champion that they're flying to the today show the night after mania on the private jet? I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, he 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 thrives in any situation they put him in, and that says something. When you can be a chameleon in the bizarro WWE world of what you might get told to do and sell and make seem appealing, you know that's that that's a that's a talent that is that takes you a long way and can provide you some job security and longevity if you embrace it and you don't complain about it. So it seems like he does that. Mm -hmm. Well, say what you will, Justin, but you just sold me on some sit-down interviews like Seth Rollins had, but with Otis. And oh. mm -hmm. <laughs> a deep dive into who Otis is yeah. as a person. Uh, 
Jimmy, your thoughts on Alpha Academy, obviously, but also Viking Raiders. Uh, are they destined to be the guys that lose to the guys? Uh, it, it feels that way, but that's what, you know, Alpha Academy felt that way too. And then they get the big win tonight and people, you know, are like, this is a new beginning. Oh, this is great. You know what I mean? And I know people are going to have an issue with the, the, uh, the roll up finish, which a lot of times I do, but when it's done in a way where it just doesn't look like a roll, it was an O'Connor roll with a bridge. Yeah. So at least it looked like there was effort there. There was wrestling move as opposed to just a plain old small package kind of thing. But, um, like, like I was saying, you know, the Viking Raiders are a team that could use a big win to mm -hmm. to help them. But um, at the same time, I don't think they lost any heel momentum here. They're just, I think people are more happier that Alpha Academy got the win than are upset that uh, the Viking Raiders took the loss. Yeah. I And I'll say this. I got to say this as far as the finish goes. When you're a character like Chad Gable, who's, whole thing is you're a amateur wrestling background wrestling superstar and you do an O'Connor roll. I feel like that doesn't count as a roll up. I feel like that counts as a using your type of wrestling to get a win. Shoot wrestling move. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I don't, mm. I, I don't know. I feel like it, it, you get away with it that way. It feels more yeah. like that's that he was just doing his thing. Um, it's like when, when Moxley wins with like an arm bar or something that's outside of what he usually wins with. Like, yeah. It's kind of his, his, Thing, though um, if only if only aew had a million national ch champion ncaa wrestlers to, <laughs> to qualify to use the roll-up yes that's, yeah, that's all you should they should hire now uh by the way john jordan i see your super chat i'm gonna get to it in just a second here we did already talk about that part but uh, i'm gonna save it for when we talk about uh miley's chat as well we'll lump them together uh any quick thoughts on the jinder mahal video i don't think there's really much to take away but uh either of you guys have thoughts on that no just an, another team and i think they're doing it right because they're taking their time they're not uh you know just throwing them out there mm -hmm. see, yeah see, we did see a match with them last week if i'm not mistaken but yeah now let's hear from them let, let gender be the you know the mouthpiece i think they're doing it right with them take your time is it's 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 a marathon not a sprint yeah i'm glad they gave us a little quick vignette because like jimmy said we saw a match last week so it, it would have been a little weird if, if they were completely absent this week you know just so mm -hmm. just something small like that just that just keeps momentum keeps them being featured i do hope the guys keep the suits look as opposed to the monster look that they kind of mm -hmm. seem to do because i'm not a fan of the roar big guy like be cool looking i don't know they look cool in the suits um mm -hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor, a dream match if there ever was one on Raw. Uh, Damian Priest is upset with Shinsuke for costing him a shot at the title. Shinsuke doesn't seem to care, though. Finn says, if you disrespect one of us, you disrespect all of us. So we get a match. It's a good one. It's fun. It ends when Shinsuke attacks Priest on the outside, and the distraction allows Finn to get the win, essentially. Uh, Justin, this was a – I feel like this could have been a – pay-per-view main event when you look at the people involved but um my thought to, my question to you is it, it feels like damian priest is going to end up moving on to have a rivalry with shinsuke do you think finn is moving on to something bigger do you think he's maybe a, a contender for that world title after this or after night of champions uh, you know i mean if anything i kind of actually go a little bit the reverse um I, I i mean i know that finn had the bigger match at wrestlemania well we actually 
Damien didn't have a match at all. I know that Finn had a match, you know, had the match with Edge, you know, but then Priest obviously had the the, the the huge match with Bad Bunny at Backlash. To me, I think there's more more momentum in Priest. If anything, again, if we're looking towards the Money in the Bank, I, I mean, I to me, Priest is the one that I put in that. Not a knock to Finn, but if you you know if you're asking me to kind of book them, um, I I don't know how much longer this thing goes with Shinsuke between him and Finn, or or maybe Damien Damien has a quick little whatever with 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 Shinsuke. But I I mean to me, I think Damien's the guy who I think he's elevated his stock to where um, he's the most legitimate threat to potentially if he has that money to make briefcase. Oh boy, you know, uh, yeah. and, and I and I and I, I want to say this too. To the fact that we have Finn taking on Shinsuke and, and Priest is out there, and then we have Dom later in a different match. Uh, and then, of course, Rhea has whatever she ever has in terms of, you know, Natalia or whatever females come after her. I love that. One of my booking pet peeves in the last 20 years is we have a, we have a, we have a faction and the f- entire faction, normally four people, right? Four or five people. The entire faction has to just feud all with the same person. Mm-hmm. It's like no. If that faction gets established enough, which Judgment Day is, I want the faction to be able to like have one or two or three different opponents or things going on. It's so much better creatively. Obviously, it just gives you more content, but it's also if that, again if that faction's actually over, which Judgment Day is over, it gives more people the rub to work with them. But WWE gets in a weird habit in the past years of where. Like all the Wyatt family had to just focus on this one guy. All the Hurt business had to focus on this one guy. All of who, whoever. So I love the fact that Judgment Day at any time right now has three different opponents, maybe on a night that they're all dealing with. And they back each other up and they do the heel thing, which is to cheat and, and a numbers game. But I really love that because it's, it's just so much better. You have this roster, utilize it. Don't, don't make this faction of four focus on one person. Yeah, because when that happens too, it usually just turns out to be three cannon fodder guys that just get beat up and then the one that gets a shot in that and right. and, and, and real quick sorry jimmy before jimmy goes that and another thing not to pick on them but it's just the most relevant and, and obvious or most relevant and 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 obvious current situation i give aew they try to have a faction feud with multiple people but their their response to it is just well let's just take take those other people that are feuding with that one faction we just have to make them all together Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that's not necessarily always going to work. You don't need to, not everybody needs to pair together. Like, I, I don't know. It, the way they're doing with Judgment Day, my point is, is, is really well done, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's smart because I think to the, with the comparison um, is Judgment Day looks like a group. I think if you just saw like a video game with the roster page, I'd be like, oh, those four people look like they're friends. Where I think sometimes AEW will go, here's a group of six people, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a random you know, you look at the firm and like big bill doesn't look like he hangs out with Lee Moriarty, uh, you know, or whoever, you know, and you know, Isaiah Cassidy, like those groups don't, right. I think I jumped groups there, but you know what I mean? Like there's that, which is actually the point. Like it makes it hard to remember like who's in what group, who's what's this. Yeah. yeah, Judgment day. Sorry, Jimmy is is the, they're clearly a group, whether you've never watched wrestling before or not. Like, yeah, clearly these guys all hang out, but Jimmy, go ahead. No, but uh, like you guys said, uh, you can have them feud with different people. From it doesn't have to be a feud with a complete other faction because, as we see them through throughout the night, Damian Priest will be interviewed and, and cut a promo or something on his own. Then it's then it's uh, Dom and Rhea together, uh, you know, uh, doing their own thing. 
but they're still part of the group. And same with Finn Balor, having the match against Shinsuke, doing his thing, but still part of the group. It, it, it doesn't have to be us versus them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, absolutely. I, I do want to say uh, I love that they use some Raw Talk footage for this as well. It makes yes. Raw Talk feel like something you should tune into. And uh, Justin, to your point about uh, Damian Priest, I actually agree with you. The only reason I say Finn w- for the world title is because Finn beat Shinsuke where it feels like Priest still has unfinished business with Shinsuke. But maybe Shinsuke is who Priest beats to ramp him up for the title. I don't know. but Yeah, maybe. I mean, look, I, I think you can make an argument. This would be a compelling thread through Raw. Uh, they're starting the Money in the Bank qualifying matches next Monday. They confirmed that tonight. Excuse me. I think that would be a compelling thread to have, look, Priest, Finn, and Dom, all three in qualifying matches. Because they all three deserve it. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they all three of them deserve it. So I, I think to to uh, angle the qualifying matches uh, to make them more interesting is, oh, my God, we have three qualifying matches signed on a Raw. All three have the Judgment Day involved. What if all three male members of the Judgment Day, like three of them in the same Money in the Bank ladder match, that could be a whole lot of dominance. Or could it be the little dissension? I, so I, I, I love I love the the idea. Oh, and you could play with that so much because you imagine, you know, like Finn and Dom climbing ladder at the same time and they look at each other, but then someone else knocks it over before you see whether or not they fight for it or exactly. whatever, you know? Or, or, you, or if you have Finn, Dom, and Priest in the Money in the Bank ladder match, the actual ladder match on the pay-per-view, but then there's Mommy who's the wild card, and we think mm-hmm. we know who Mommy's going to help. Mm-hmm. Do we, though? That's Exactly. Yeah. Do we? Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. So good. Is somebody else other than Dom Dom hitting with Mama. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> so uh, we get a tag team match, or not a tag team match. We get a singles match uh, between two tag team people. Raquel Rodriguez uh, takes on Sonia Deville. It's a quick win for Rodriguez. We get a beat down post match, but Shotzi comes to make the save. Later, they say they're going to have each other's back, and they'll walk out as the new tag team champions. Uh, Jimmy, this feels like a seamless way to pair up Rodriguez and I guess knit up that issue. No, absolutely. And like you said, seamless. It was easy. It was simple for people to digest and understand. And yeah, and it it, it worked. Again, it worked. It got people going, oh, this is an interesting uh, pairing. You know, so I I thought it was just fine. I don't know how much more you can can say. I thought the match was, was fairly quick and, you know, Raquel showed her dominance again. She's you know, a wonderful talent. Now she has a tag team partner. And like you said, seamless, simple, easy to understand and easy to digest. And uh, Maya Lee with a super chat, who's been super patient. Thank you so much for hanging in there. Said, I love how Chelsea, Sonia and Shotzi came from the same tough enough season. Uh, I'd rather see Raquel with Zelina. Glad to see Maxine and Gable on the same page. So uh, a lot of support for the women's division there for Maya Lee, and they Sh- did a Shotzi, good job. Shotzi was in that tough enough class? I wasn't sure about that, but I just huh. – I don't remember, but uh, I, I figured if she said it, I was just going to roll with it. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, Justin, I, I let me ask you this. Who, with, these, with this four-way tag team match for the, the new titles here and Shotzi filling in for Liv – 
this is kind of interesting to me because if they win, what happens when Liv comes back? If they lose, I, I feel like it's an interesting situation with what do you do with Raquel in this situation now that she has a new tag team partner? Do you put her back in a tag team? Do you break her free now? What's what 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 do you do here with Raquel Raquel Rodriguez? Uh, that's a good question. I'm a huge fan of Raquel, so that's a great question. But I also think that part of the magic that made it was that that while Raquel is this rising star, Liv really has this underground organic following and 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 is over so that when you lose her you know Shotzi doesn't have that so as much as i hate to see it for my girl raquel i tend to think that maybe this is where you got to call the audible and say okay the tag titles are better on ronda and shayna or let's go to chelsea and sonia who nobody can stand right now um i just having just the kind of the the, the quick recovery and just okay we're gonna pair Shotzi with raquel I don't know if I would just go right back to that then. I just didn't give them the title. I, I think you might be better serve Raquel or um, uh, Shayna and Ronda or, again, like I said, you know, Chelsea and Sonya, something else there. Um, but at the end of the day, I hope that this doesn't derail Raquel too much. If that, if that, in fact, is how it goes, if that's how it goes down and she does not, if she's not tag team champions with Shotzi, I hope she doesn't get derailed. Again, I, I can't say enough. I think Raquel Rodriguez has got a ton of potential. Uh, in that women's division. There's still things that have to be fostered and developed and whatever, but I think she's got a ton of potential. So Yeah. Yeah, Raquel, to me, is is world champion caliber. Like, she's someone who could be at the top of the division, no problem. I have always seen it, and, and no disrespect to the tag team championships, but I always felt like the tag team championships for her were sort of a, a holding position because you don't want to rush her to Raquel versus Rhea just yet, but if, exactly. if Raquel's a solo person, then what are we doing? She should be going for the title. So the, the key, yeah. the key has to be whatever they decide to do, whether she has the tag toes or not, the key has to be Raquel needs to stay on TV. Raquel needs to continue being developed because if you time it out, right. And, and, and if I, if I'm, if I'm forecasting what I think I'm seeing, that's going to happen with her. You could get around to next year's rumble. And Raquel could be somebody that wins that mm. rumble that challenges a Rhea Ripley. And we talked about ceilings earlier, but we could be going to Mania going, you know, it might be Raquel's time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at that point, Rhea, you know, her stock is just so golden that it would be such a big deal if Raquel, you know what I mean? But that ha- they can't, they can't let Liv's injury derail all that. They have to find, so they have to find a way to keep Raquel on TV and keep her interesting and develop. So, that's I'm, I'm watching Raquel more than I'm watching where the damn tag titles are, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Um, so we move on to a couple of folks. Oh, actually, I had a super chat from John Jordan. I was going to get to uh, uh, Triple J back again late on this. But Reed Ricochet did make me think Reed Braun way too soon for that. That's pay-per-view, maybe even mania. No, Reed's great. Yeah, Jordan, John, we, yeah. Uh, we actually talked about that a little bit. I, mm-hmm. I would love to you know, the old uh, Big E special meaty men slapping meat. <laughs> no, no, I, I could see that happening down the road. I don't know if it'll wait till Mania, but uh, it, there's no rush. Yeah, yeah. They've got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. But we, we go back to a couple of other uh, individuals that held the Women's Tag Team Championships, or actually mm-hmm. Trish didn't. Uh, this was a segue to Trish and, and Becky, but mm-hmm. I realized that Trish wasn't one of them. In any case, Trish wants a no-touch policy at the contract signing, but Adam Pierce says no. Uh, at the signing, Trish says contract signings are happening in the women's division because of her, and she's still number one. 
Becky says Trish is worried about being forgotten. She's not as good as people remember her being. Then rhymes and evokes the dog barking memories. Mm. Um, Jimmy, Adam Pierce is complaining that it's chaos everywhere. People mm. are getting hurt. But then he refuses to make no touch policies. I mean, should that just be implied in the workplace, Jimmy? Like, I, I didn't understand why. Why? <laughs> You, I get, I get, I get why, but at the like from a, a show standpoint, but from a logic standpoint, why are you saying it's okay for them to beat each other up before the show? Yeah, I, I get exactly what you're saying. It's because it's the old adage: you don't give in to the request of the heel, so to speak. And I get that, but at the same time, you know, all these, it's implying that this contract signing is going to end like. 99.9% of the contract signing where it's going to be a physical melee in the ring of some mm -hmm. sort. So uh, I guess that's what they wanted to. They wanted to, to imply that that was going to happen. And as we saw, we didn't really get it other than Trish flipping the table over yeah. and kind of leaving, but we didn't get them having any physical altercation with each other and saving it for the, for the, uh, um, Night of Champions, which which I enjoyed. And it was very interesting that Trish was mentioned several times that this is happening because of her. The women's mm -hmm. division is where it is because of her. But she has never been part of a contract signing in the ring. It's right. just, the, she should have said out here in public because when she says, I've never been part of a contract signing. What, you've never signed a contract? All handshakes, just, Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> just the wording was a little bit, eh, yeah. some, you know. But other than that, I, I, I got she was trying to say it but uh yeah i like the fact that there's no physical altercation despite the fact that uh, adam pierce wouldn't put it in place so to speak yeah I, again i get it but it was just one of those kind of like the i've never signed a contract thing i was like that sounds silly but i get what you're saying uh justin something that becky said was that uh she's not as good trish isn't as good as people remember i'm gonna go on record i feel like i I think this run makes me think she's better than I remember. I think she's absolutely crushing it here. I get they were talking trash, but just yeah. to bring up the, I feel like she's, I, I, she, I want her to be the champ. I think she could, I don't know how she'll go in the ring, but she, Trish Stratus is killing it in my opinion. Yeah. First of all, to the, to the, I thought the same thing to the contract wording. You know, oh, I've never had a contract. Like, yeah, I was just like, all right. <laughs> Trish Stratus, Hall of Famer, you've been hot dog and a handshake your whole career. <laughs> you know, um, it's just funny wording. Uh, I, man, I'm kind of torn. And look, and look, you know, they try. You know, she took a shot at Becky. You know, oh, it took the broken nose for you to get over. Becky calling the shot, uh, calling the shot of her barking like. A, look, I was, I was a teenage boy. There live in D.C. In 2001, when Mr. McMahon made Trish strip down and bark like a dog, I was there. I was like 10 rows back. It's a it's a memory. And as a wrestling fan, you don't get rid of. I, I like to say that I was more enlightened than I was picketing for the <laughs> disgraceful. But no, I was hooting and hollering that Trish was in her thong, uh, you know. Right, a, right. A hundred, a hundred feet from <laughs> right. me. Yeah. So. And, I, and, and people who say they weren't, you're liars. I know. I, I didn't. I, I, I'm not going to even call this person. I don't, have, I don't have my Twitter in front of me. Somebody, I, I tweeted the, the memory that I was at, at, in, in DC for that that famous raw, mm -hmm. and somebody like replied to me like, uh, "Yeah, that didn't sit well with me." You know, whatever. whatever. And, and I just remember like I was I was going to reply to him like, "Well, I wish I could say the same," but I was just a 
you know, revved up youngster that was, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I sorry, I was not as enlightened as <laughs> then as I am now. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, Jack, I'm torn. I, I don't know. B- Becky Lynch is Becky Lynch. She's she she's she is the man, and and, and Trish Stratus is Trish Stratus, but. I don't know. This segment didn't. It's still maybe the crowd reaction not being there. This just did not fire on all the cylinders that I needed it to. It is very cool from a PR standpoint. <clears throat> they're going to have the match, and they're one of I think three women's matches this Saturday in Saudi Arabia. So how far we've come in a very relative short time in this cultural progressive progressive experiment that WWE is trying to do with these shows in Saudi Arabia. Politics aside, leave it alone. That's not what we're here for. It's it's cool that, that that's that that's the thing, but I just don't feel it. I I just don't. Despite the cool sound bites that they each said tonight, there's still something about this match that feels <clears throat> forced, and, I, and, I, and I'm and I'm I'm trying to get behind it, but I'm I'm not there. I'm not. And they try tonight. I don't think it's on the. I don't think it's on the women. I don't think it's on either of them. But I'm just something about. The build has just not got me there the way I wish I was. So I'm not going to fake praise here and mm-hmm. say that it was a tremendous segment because I don't think it really was. Well, and you got uh, Justin, also Justin, me Justins are in this together, uh, says they agree. Um, and then uh, Tutcraft with an interesting point. Uh, when a promo exchange ends with the B word, it feels contrived. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I guess um, it. Is, do you think maybe it's because it we kind of saw this coming a mile away, and so now that they're doing it, it just feels like we're going through the motions instead of it feeling like an emotional, like finally they're going to go at it. Well, I think the I think to the comment of of oh, when a women's promo ends with the B word, that is interesting. It's the it's the it's the word that you can get away with saying, and that WWE is obviously okay, and and USA is okay with them saying. And so it's like a very easy, low-hanging fruit word to throw out mm-hmm. as a trash talk to, for females to females. But I guess it's weird because in male trash talk, uh, if, 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 if a guy to another guy is not going to call somebody the B word, they're going to call them something, but they're going to call them something that you can't say on USA. They're going to call right. them an MFer. They're going to call them some other derogatory words and names that you Obviously, we're not going to say in the USA, and we're not going to say here. So I, I guess to that point, it is a little bit like it's like a forced, oh, we can pump out the B word. Call her the B word. That's what every girl calls other girl, right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get, I get what you're saying there. I, um, Yeah, I, 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 I really love Trish in this segment, and I, I feel like I'm always hard on Becky Lynch, but uh, I feel like I, – I don't know. I feel like Trish is crushing it. I feel like Becky Lynch is, is doing fine for me, but mm-hmm. I, I really feel like – I want to see Trish like I want to see Trish face Bianca Belair now. I want to see her go on and have title matches and I don't know I guess with Becky like this is supposed to be a big serious build up to facing your idol who was the right. greatest of all time in your opinion and you're coming out with silly glasses and you're still trying to talk like you're tough like leaning back and like ah but you've got these goofy glasses on your face and it's like are you taking this seriously or are you not taking it seriously? I guess that's yeah. that's what doesn't hit with me for this rivalry is it it, what she's saying isn't matching with how she's acting it's it's almost like she's trying to be the female version of her husband but Mm -hmm. it's in this case it's not working because what 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 seth is doing kind of feels like him 
You know what I mean? This feels like Becky trying to imitate and be similar to what he's doing. Maybe that's why it's not working. Jimmy, you might have solved the formula here because you're right. When Becky was when Becky got the most organically over when when her when the man run really started, there was no stupid costumes or whatever. <laughs> she, I mean, and they reference she was out there bloody nose and she's out there like. So I think you might be right. There might be something to that. It might be a little bit of like, a, okay, why are you dressing like you're like on a on a red carpet challenge? Um, yeah. but but also trying to sell me as as being a tough badass. Like, no, just let because, me see we, let me, let me see your face. Yeah, because the, the promo she actually cut on, on Trish was good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, this is what you're seeing. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Seeing, you know, and people are focusing on that as opposed to listening and hearing and saying, oh. Yeah. So that, that that to me is where it fell off. But I love Trish still. Trish was great. Um, I'm going to. Saudi Arabia is not ready for Trish. She's from Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one's ready for Trish. Um, <laughs> We got a, a quick question before we get, move on to the next thing. Shano17 says, a question for Jimmy. Uh, what's your favorite hardcore match you ever refed? Also, do you guys think Cody versus Brock 2 should be an extreme rules type match? Um, okay. Jimmy, that's for you, so I'll let you take the whole thing. Oh, well, uh, I'm gonna, I have a 1A and a 1B. 1A was uh, the Hardcore Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2000 in L.A. Uh, because I was getting heckled from behind by Michael Clark Duncan. <laughs> and, and and it was driving me crazy and i turned around to say something and i looked and i went green mile guy you know <laughs> and, and and but i it doesn't get much better than counting that quiet pin in the apa office for gerald briscoe over uh, crash holly that nice. was a lot of fun jimmy just curious what were you going to say to the heckler before you realized it was michael clark I, I, rest in peace I, michael clark. basically ba- yes basically i was going to turn around and say Hey, quiet! I'm working here. You know something s- 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 <laughs> like that. And then when I turned around, I saw. And then it's funny because after the show, I was out back. I was on the phone talking to my wife, and here he comes walking up. And I said, "Oh my God, hold on, honey!" Because Michael Clark kind of he goes, "Hey, man!" You know, and he was really friendly and just, "Hey, I hope I didn't bother you too much." I said, "No, it was actually kind of cool getting heckled by you and stuff like that." He says, "Who are you talking to?" I said, "My wife." He goes, "Give me the phone." I said, "What?" He says, he says, uh, Mrs. Referee. And he started talking to, me, to Audra. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And she goes, who was that? I said, well, it was Michael Clark Duncan. She goes, pardon me? She goes, get out of here. I said, no, I wouldn't lie. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, Justin, I was going to say, Jimmy wasn't going to say anything. Because even before he saw, I mean, Michael Clark Duncan's voice, he's like, hey, referee. What? Like, this, he's got one of those super deep voices, I'm sure. I'm sure I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have talked crap either. I had the barricade and security. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a, a couple of quick things before we wrap up the show here. Um, we got a Kathy Kelly interview with Apollo Cruz, who gets cut off by Ripley, at, who calls out Natalia. Uh, that match is set. It leads to a match with Dom later in the night. It, during the match, uh, Apollo Cruz puts up an impressive fight, but Ripley's on the outside, causes Cruz to almost lose via 10 count. But even though he gets in the ring he still gets frog splashed and loses justin this is something we talked about before instead of just the cheap win let him let the bad guy hit his finish and then move on uh yeah i i almost thought maybe i would have rather because they're trying to build apollo back up and this and that and look apollo i almost would rather they just ended on a count out 
uh, because Apollo would have been counted out because of Rhea, because of her dominance of what she just did. And it makes Dom look that much more slimy and Dom, Dom needs mommy. And uh, so I didn't, I didn't love Apollo diving back in at nine just to be a, a dead frog to lay there to then get frog splashed onto. I, I just, you know, hindsight booking 2020 as we have it, the, uh, the luxury to do on this podcast. I would have just. I think. I think a countout would have accomplished the same thing, and it would have protected Apollo. But. Jimmy, you agree? No, I, I. I. I do agree. I get trying to be a little bit creative with the finish for the heels and getting and having them, you know, get a little assistance in the win. But the countout was the perfect assistance, you know. You know, and having Dom count along and going to ten and doing the, you know, the the over exaggerated motions like a referee would have been perfect. Um, did Jimmy, did Apollo Cruz win you over if you'd never seen him before? Um, and this was your first time seeing him. Has he done enough to win you over? And if not, what would you like to see out of him? Uh, I, obviously, you know, there's, as Justin mentioned before, I like to say getting over without going over. Uh, it was against Dominic and Dominic has natural heat right now. He's, he just, a heat magnet let's put it that way and i don't think he did enough to get himself over here because people wanted to see dom lose so bad that they didn't care how much offense apollo was getting in if if, if you get my meaning mm-hmm. so yeah uh, uh, apollo is the kind of guy that he, he you know he speaks well he's great in the ring he just needs uh he, he, he at this point he does he's one of those few guys out there that kind of need a win here to help elevate him yeah uh something something to get him i I don't know if this is the best start for him to take a take a loss to dom but we'll see where it goes uh we get to the finals here um the final of the show sammy ko and riddle take on imperium of course at the start of the show imperium tried to gang up three on two but riddle came out to even the odds and he turns out to be the mystery partner uh, for their six-man tag. Um, we get a little more serious uh, Matt Riddle promo throughout the show, a little video package, I should say. At uh, one point, match starts. It's a banger, of course. Teamwork makes the dream work, and the good guys get the win. Uh, Justin, any thoughts on this one? Any takeaways um, other than the little send-home match? No, it was a great final you know, main event match. It really was. Um, I love the dominance that Imperium is showing. Um, it's kind of interesting. Imperium is being dominant now on Raw with Judgment Day still there. I like it. I really, I do. And then yeah, KO Sammy and and, and Riddle, as you mentioned, the Riddle vignette was good earlier. Um, this was a very entertaining. Send the crowd home happy, but also accomplishes a go home brawl situation since KO and Sammy have a very big match at Night of Champions. Um, I I, I have no. Complaints about that. I think they hit everything they needed to hit here. Um, yeah, Imperium loses, but I in no way feel like Imperium's stock has been harmed. That's kind of the thing about Imperium is that, like, together as a unit, it looked good, but it's still known. Gunther's who matters. Uh, Kaiser and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Giovanni, they're going to be the ones that are always going to take the pins, and that's just the way it is. You know? Yeah, definitely a... Um... Yeah, I give almost like a. It reminds me of like legacy in a way where Randy Orton was the guy, and of course Cody and DiBiase were cool. But when they were as six man tags, yeah, 
those guys were going to be the ones taking the loss so that yeah. someone could get one over on Randy without Randy losing a match. Right. Um, my question, Jimmy, to you is um, did, I left this show more interested in the idea of Matt Riddle versus Gunther than Ali versus Gunther, but it's going to be Ali versus Gunther this weekend. Was that a miscalculation by WWE, or do you think that they're just saying Ali's going to get get beat at Night of Champions, and then we're going to move on to something else? I think I think uh, I don't think it's a miscalculation. I think it's a good idea not to have this match happen just yet. Yes, it would have been on the big stage there. But at the same time, this is a story that needs to be, to be drawn out and take time to be told. It's not one of those ones like like this one here with Ali, which I think is going to be a quick story. It's going to be done and that's it. And I hate, you know, no disrespect to, to positive Ali. But at the same time, I think, you know, after this weekend, that's it for him and his IC title opportunities. So uh, th- this is a good step to plant seeds for the next opponent to possibly uh, look like that he has a chance of beating Gunther mm-hmm. for the IC championship. It was interesting to, to Adam's point here that last week they were like, who's the mystery partner going to be? And I was like, Oh yeah, it's the guy they've been teaming with regularly. Mm-hmm. I felt, I mean, I get you, you want us to tune in to find out, but also felt a little bit, felt a little bit like an AW special announcement. You know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> like, Eh, you didn't really need to make that big point. You could have just said it. Um, well, we can, everybody um, kind of figured, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, people said, wait, it's probably going to be Matt Riddle. But if it isn't, who could it be? Um, yeah, that's that's what I that's how I left it. But yeah. in any case, that was the show, our go-home show before uh, the Raw go-home show before Night of Champions. Uh, before we sign off. Uh, Justin, any, and everyone in the chat, by the way, let me know your final thoughts, uh, on the show and your rankings or whatever, uh, Justin, your final thoughts and where the world can find you online. Yeah, it was an okay show. It wasn't their best, but it's a go home show. So you, you have certain limitations cause you're not going to start advancing things. You're, you're going to stay within the bounds of promoting to this event, which is Saturday's night of champions. I, I think if you look at the night of champions card, there's a lot of intrigue up and down. Um, you know, so that's good on them. Um, yeah, so uh, overall, okay show. Not the most exciting three hours, but it was what it was because that's what your your ability to do. Um, and yeah, so I'm excited for, I'll, I'll be really excited this time next week if it's the three of us after Raw, as we will now be on the road to Money in the Bank. We'll be coming off of Night of Champions where we're at. And there's going to be, I have a lot of questions about where things will be. So, that's a good that's a good thing so tune in next monday we'll all be uh have a lot to talk about next monday absolutely and jimmy how about you what's your uh final thoughts and where can the world find you online oh i thought it was an okay again going into the the, the pay-per-view or premium live event see up here it's still a pay-per-view in canada you get yeah. the network. <laughs> we still have the wwe network up here so uh yeah so I, jealous I, I, no I, I i'm i'm happy they tried to make it feel more relevant and there was some stuff that I enjoyed. But the only thing is, at the beginning of the show, they tried to cram so much stuff in before the first commercial break. It almost felt like <laughs> I had to say it at least once a night, 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound bag, which is usually on Wednesday nights. They were falling into that formula because they started off the night with that 
the beatdown of Cody. Then they went right to the ring with Paul. And then, you know, KO and Sammy come out. And then all this stuff is going on. And, and, and they didn't let anything settle and breathe. Well, and I, and I wonder, Jimmy, if that was done intentionally. Because they were up against a lot of sports competition tonight. The Lakers were down three games facing a sweep elimination, which... Mm-hmm. I guess I could say this point. Spoiler alert: They lost. They lost. They got swept. Yeah, uh, which is crazy. So that that they're going up against that. Against that, you know, you're a hockey guy. You know the Florida Panthers and Carolina Hurricanes tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they were going up against a lot tonight. So I, I wonder if they were purposely trying to stack certain I, things. I yeah, I get it. But at the same time, they do the same things every week. You know, they lead right into it, and then they have the introduction. They have Ricochet come out. Then they go to a commercial break. When they come back, they don't do right to the match. They have, you know, a, a video package, a vignette, an inter. It, it, so something has to change. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. this episode felt really long to me. Just, yeah. I, I don't know if there's a lot of stuff I, I didn't like. Like, there's not anything I'd go, oh, this was terrible. But I just, I did feel like as I was going through, I was like, man, this show is feeling kind of long. And I saw I was only halfway through. I was like, oh, geez. We're halfway through. And I feel like this is getting kind of long so um i don't know if it was the way i think it was, to your point Jim, i think it was the way it was structured just it felt like because there's so much stuff happening it felt yeah. like are we are we I, done yet just, um, you know, yeah um, but other than yeah, that where, no where you can find me is here right with you guys on monday nights and then on wednesday nights it's uh myself justin and isa usually covering aew dynamite you know you can check out the roughing it up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner and I, and our host RJ, as we uh, have different topics every week. And believe it or not, this week we'll be talking to none other than Raj Geary. Ooh, that'll be a spicy one, Raj Geary. Tell him to break some news for you. Yeah. Retirement Raj. Retirement (laughs) Raj. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, Raj Funk. Yeah. (laughs) And and here on all my social media platforms, catching my ref and rant on the. Week uh, every day for well five days a week from uh, Monday to Friday, making little critiques not to tear down, just to help tighten the screws. In my opinion, and of course, thank you to everyone who's in the chat: Tuck Graf, Ethan Cruz, Dream Realm Studios, Nelly Belly, Baby Ice, Huffman Elite Training, Tommy O, Dylan Matthews, JT098, Adam Staples, and everyone else. Ricky, uh, thank you guys so much for joining. Ethan Cruz, Dream Realm Studios. Uh, thanks for joining us. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. And Tommy, oh, saying great show, fellas. Going to be at All or Nothing this day, double or nothing in Vegas uh, this Sunday. Yeah, if you see me, come say hello. Say, hey, Jack, I'm Tommy O from the Wrestling Inc. show. And I'll be like, oh, sweet. Let's grab a picture together. I love getting photos of folks. So uh, come say hello. I'll be at Double or Nothing. And uh, I got a press pass, so I'm going to be there. I'm going to say, hey, here's a question that's going to shake the world and i'm going to hold my microphone out and we'll see what they say i don't know what my questions are because i don't know who i'm talking to yet it'll be a total train wreck you're going to want to check it out but also just make ask sure ask about cm punk <laughs> say hello jack just have your cm punk bullet loaded in the chamber <laughs> i want to ask what about wrong yeah, I, I yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. I got a few people I want to ask CM Punk about. <gasps> no, I'm not going to. But um, anyways, tune into the show. Uh, tune into the after shows here, though, on Wrestling Inc. Follow that Wrestling Inc. All that good stuff. That does it for us, folks. We will see you next time for the NXT after show tomorrow, right here on Wrestling Inc.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.